When you start a new project, typically you need things like a domain name, hosting, things like that. When I choose hosting, I pick mine for the options it gives. I like to know what I'm getting and set things up just how I like them. This is why for your projects, you should check out Linode. Linode servers feature native SSD storage, a 40 gigabyte network, and Intel E5 processors. That's all the power you need to run VMs under full control or Docker containers, who doesn't love that? Encrypted disks and VPNs. Plus, they have 10 data centers across the world and add-ons like backups, node balancer, and Longview to help you control your server costs. They also offer block storage for your static files, and you can get started with a $20 credit if you use the code JavaScriptJabber2018. That credit is good for four months on their one gigabyte server. That's a lot of time to try them out and see if they're the right fit for you. That code again is JavaScriptJabber2018. Also, if you're interested in working for Linode, they're hiring. Head to linode.com slash careers to see their available positions. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Angular. This week, um, it looks like I'm the only panelist. Um, Yay! <laughs> I think there was just some confusion. Um, we did an episode earlier about uh, NG Girls, and I think folks showed up for that one and then thought they were done, and that was probably a miscommunication on my part. But anyway, um, Sam Julien is here, and he's going to talk to us about upgrading Angular JS. Sam, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, Chuck. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I am a Angular teacher and developer in Portland, Oregon, and have spent a lot of time working through the issues with ng upgrade and launched a, a comprehensive course called Upgrading Angular JS. And so I'm thrilled to be here to talk about ng upgrade in the real world, uh, kind of problems that companies face on a regular basis. Yeah. Right. And I'm curious, do you see a steady traffic still of people who are using AngularJS and need that upgrade path? Or have people pretty much moved on at this point? Oh, no, there's, there's, yeah, I still see, we still get a lot of traffic because there are a lot of what I would call workhorse companies out there. Uh, companies like financial companies, health companies that have a lot of legacy Angular JS code that they're kind of stuck with. Most of these are, I would say, medium to large applications. So not huge applications, uh, but they're with a pretty small team, usually 10, 20, maybe even less than that people. And so as you know, AngularJS sort of spread like wildfire among these companies in the enterprise space. And so there's actually quite a few out there around the country and even the world that are trying to figure out what to do about moving away from AngularJS and going to Angular. Gotcha. And I know that there are docs out there on how to upgrade. So, um, you know, that the Angular team has put out. So since you've got this course on how to do it, I'm, I'm curious, where do you feel like the shortfall is in that documentation? Yeah, so the the Angular team has done a great job with, with the docs, but there are a couple of things, especially in the beginning of the official documentation, that throw people off. So in the beginning of the documentation, it uses, it has these few steps that are like, get your app aligned with the style guide, use a bundler, and use TypeScript. 
and even uh, Frosty actually mentioned this in the in the November episode on NG Upgrade. That's sort of like, okay, well, how do I do all this? <laughs> you know, and obviously the 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 Angular docs can't go into extensive documentation on setting up Webpack and all that kind of thing, but that's a big pitfall for a lot of people who are sitting here with an Angular JS app that maybe it uses script tags, maybe it uses Gulp or Grunt, like a task runner. And they're going, I don't have any idea how to go from this to an Angular application that's using TypeScript and ES6 modules and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you tell those people? You know, they get lost, they get frustrated. They come to you thinking, okay, well, he's got a he knows how to tell me how to do this. So, so how do people actually get started? How do they take that first step to get in line with the style guide and, and move over to the, the, the bundler module kind of setup that we're talking about here? So it's, it's an iterative process that you can do. And, and the approach depends a lot on what your current application state is. The things that are the most critical are getting in line with the, in the, in the John Papa style guide getting in line with having one item per file and arranging your application by feature instead of by type. You know, back in the old days, we would do things like have folders called controllers or directives. So we want to get get that set up. And then updating to a current version of AngularJS, meaning at least 1.5, where you can use component architecture. So those are sort of the foundations and getting getting... Uh, using something like NPM or Yarn uh, as your package manager. There's no more Bower. So those are sort of the building blocks. And then from there, that's when you can start looking at uh, shifting your application to the correct architecture with components and then also starting to implement TypeScript and Webpack. Gotcha. And... It it sounds like when you look into uh, ng upgrade that you can do all of these different things in parallel with each other, or, you know, with your old app and your new app. Is that really the case, or do you really have to take these steps one at a time? The only thing that is, uh, you can do a lot of it iteratively. Once you have the the foundation laid, you can move over gradually. The only thing that is really critical is getting the Webpack and TypeScript build process set up because mm-hmm. Angular 5 plus is going to need TypeScript and bundling. And so once you have that set up, some of the architecture, you can you, you don't have to get it all looking perfect before you start adding uh, ng upgrade and Angular. It's ideal if it's like that, but if you're working with a big code base, you can't always get there. So the most important thing is to be using NPM and to get a Webpack and TypeScript build process set up to where then you can have your Angular and your AngularJS legacy code running alongside of each other. And then you can gradually upgrade or downgrade pieces uh, of that application to, to Angular. Gotcha. So, so let's back up a little bit. Um... And why don't you just kind of walk through the process in you know overall that you you tell people to go through? I break it down basically to four building blocks. Uh-huh. Where so there's there's two phases. We have the the preparation phase and then the upgrade phase. And the preparation phase is what 
breaks down into the, the sort of the four building blocks that I started to mention earlier, where you've got your files, your dependencies, your um, app architecture, and your build process. And those are the four that the order and sequence and, and how deep you go into them depends a lot on your starting point in your application. Um, and, and like I said, the, the, the build process and the TypeScript is the most critical one before you start the uh, longer process of moving the application over to Angular. And in, in that, in the migration phase, you also have a few different pieces to that puzzle. First, you have to install all of your new Angular and ng-upgrade dependencies mm-hmm. and bootstrap the application. You have to change the way you bootstrap. You, you Instead of back in, in AngularJS, we added ng-app to our index.html file. Uh, we remove that and do a manual bootstrapping through Angular 2 plus, Angular 5, where we're loading both Angular and AngularJS into the browser. So once that's done, then it's a matter of determining your approach of how you're going to work through upgrading your application. And when you're doing that, there's there's a couple different approaches that people have mentioned. Um, Victor Safkin has a couple great uh, different approaches. Asim Hussein has a great approach. I found for this particular group of people that picking a route and, and then kind of working from the bottom up makes a lot of sense where you're, you're going from uh, a piece of a route that has, let's say, um, a service that's used by a lot of components. So you'll take that service, rewrite it to, Ang- to Angular 5, and then make it available to your AngularJS components using ng-upgrade. Um, and so that part, you, can, you basically just crunch through that, and that can take as long as you need it to over time before you've got your, your application moved over. Then you would save your routing to the end and, and move over your routing at, over to the Angular router at the end. And then somewhere along there, you also have to make sure your application is, is set up for production. So that's another area that can get really frustrating for folks out there in these workhorse companies where they're, they're going, okay, well, all this is great, but I have to have an application that I can deploy to production at any given time. I can't just take three or four months off and move this application over. And so that's, that's a huge sticking point for people. And so that's one thing that I really dealt a lot into is, okay, how do I take this application that's a hybrid of Angular and AngularJS and deploy it to production? And the key there is Angular's AOT mode. It's ahead of time compilation mode. Um, so we have to set up the application for being able to deploy to both, uh, de- de- uh, to be able to develop our application locally, but also deploy it to a production environment. Right. And to do that, we'll set up Webpack and some other bits of the application, like some TypeScript config to be able to do um, AOT compiling. And you can do that at any point in the, in the upgrade process. Gotcha. It, it really feels like a lot of stuff you have to do. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's not just this flip a switch. It's, it's almost like a migration to a new system. 
It, it, it is, honestly. Um, so where all this came from, I probably should have backed up and said this earlier on, but I was faced with doing this. Um, and this was about uh, a year, a year and a half ago. And I actually, uh, I showed up to NGConf last year, very frustrated, <laughs> very upset, because all I was hearing prior to NGConf was, we have this new version of Angular. It's really awesome. There's all these great things you can do. You can use this CLI. It's fantastic. And I'm over here in, in sort of the real world <laughs> with a, a big Angular JS application where I'm going, and it's got a gulp build and it's right. fairly complex. And we're like, okay, that's all great, but how do I actually implement this in, <laughs> in the real world? Because it's it's a big deal. It's a big process. And and so I talked to everybody who would listen to me at NGConf. I had a long, long talk with Rob Warmold outside of one of the conference rooms where he's like, bless his heart. He's, <laughs> but uh, so basically what I decided to do is just channel all of my frustration into figuring this process out for people. Um, right. And, and uh, it, it is a big process, but it's, surprisingly not that complicated once you know what the process is. The, the ng-upgrade library is actually really straightforward and really easy to use. And, and for that reason, it's, it is a lot easier to go from AngularJS to Angular than it is to go to React or to go to Vue right. because you're, you're not going to a different ecosystem. There's no, there's no bridge library between AngularJS and React uh -huh. like, like ng-upgrade. So it is a big overwhelming thing to figure out, but once you've got the steps laid out, it is a manageable process. It's something that you can do alongside of your feature development. You can take as long as you need. Uh, at NG, uh, NG Atlanta, I was talking to several people who have said that this has been a process that they've, they've staged out over a long period of time. And that is helpful when uh, you have to also do feature development at the same time as your, you know, your bug fixes and, and your technical debt, uh -huh. you know? Yeah, I have a few friends that uh, work for a company here in Salt Lake, and um, there were some pretty major changes between, I think, in they're, they're all Ruby developers, but between Rails 3 and Rails 4 or something, I don't remember. Um, but anyway, um, it was the same kind of thing, and it took them two years or something to get the entire thing upgraded. And if, if you have a reasonably complicated app, I, I think that's a reasonable expectation that that's what it's going to take. Right, exactly. That's, that's the time frame that several of the folks at NG Atlanta, uh, and, and in my own experience, it's sort of that timeline. But the good news is that when you're, you know, when, when you've got a process, it's, it's okay for it. To, we hear that time frame of like two years and we're like, oh my gosh, that's a huge time to, to rewrite. But I mean, it is pretty reasonable. And, and when you've got something that you can move gradually and deploy to production when you need to without breaking a bunch of things, that's really the important part. And so that's sort of the, the knowledge that I want to get out to the world because I, I want to help these, all the, all the people like me. I basically just made the resource that I wish existed when I was trying to do this myself. So, um, yeah. So it's good though. I mean, and the other, the other part of that, and I sort of glossed over it was, was, uh, part of, part of what makes this so daunting, but at the same time, 
reasonable is you can't always use the CLI for these projects. You know, we all love the CLI, but when you're in uh, an an NG upgrade project that didn't start with the CLI, where you're moving an Angular JS application over, you you often can't just use the CLI because the CLI initializes a new Git repository and it's highly opinionated, obviously for good reason, but it's highly opinionated on how you structure your application. And so that's, I think that that knowledge gap of having to hand roll your Webpack and TypeScript, that's what, that's a huge sticking point I'm finding for a lot of my students and for a lot of uh, developers out there. And that's another thing that I tried really hard to, zero in on and not just kind of hand wave over the details. It was like, okay, how do I, how do I set up Webpack on my own to where I can be used, I can use both frameworks and I can use AOT compilation and all of that because we just don't have the luxury of using the CLI in these situations, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would be really convenient if you could just CLI your way into it, but. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, cause that's, that's a great, I don't know if maybe in the future with the, with the schematics or something, if that'll sort of, th- there'll be a path to make it an easier thing. The biggest problem for, in my experience with it is that there used to be back, um, a while back, there was an NG init that let you create a new CLI project uh-huh. within an existing repository. And they had to do away with that for various reasons. And, um, so that's sort of the biggest hurdle is, you know, we've got these big old repositories with lots of history that right. it really doesn't make sense to have to make a new uh, repository and, and move everything over. So that's part of the issue of having to hand roll everything yourself. Yeah, I can see that. I can also just see though that, um, yeah, I mean, everything's so different. You just, yeah, you, it just doesn't, I don't know if you can. And I know I just rambled and said a whole bunch of, <laughs> but I'm just trying to think through the ramifications of this. And yeah, I mean, everybody has something that's just a little bit different. And so, I mean, what, what, what are you going to do? Right. I mean, if you're, if you're, if your app is small enough to just rewrite it, then you can, yeah, you can just use the CLI make a new, ver- you know, a new repository, make a new application and, start yeah, from scratch but it's it's my contention though that those people have already moved over yeah i mean they probably have i, I and that's really that's why my kind of target of who i'm trying to help are the, the people who feel mm-hmm. stuck who are, who are caught in the middle of well all that stuff would be nice but i can't just i can't just rewrite i have a bigger application that i have to move over slowly you know yeah so what what are the biggest problems that you're seeing then? I mean, is it the adoption of things like TypeScript and switching the build system over or is it other areas? I think the I think a lot of it is the setup. It's the it's dealing with moving to Webpack. Um TypeScript in and of itself isn't a huge problem except it's sort of like going to the dentist for your old code where, where once you once you switch over to TypeScript, it's going to point out a lot of problems. And so, depending on what your code style is, that could throw you off. I know, uh-huh. in in my experience, um, 
I mean, it's, it's ultimately a good thing because it's showing you where um, you're not defining things or where you're not using, you're using deprecated methods or things like that, but it will take some time. It'll, it'll slow things down to once you switch over to TypeScript and you're using the compiler, you're going to run into things that you haven't even thought about in a year because you're using this old date method in JavaScript that you forgot about <laughs> and <laughs> TypeScript now refuses to compile it, you know? And so you do have to take some allotment of that. Cause I'm finding that the, that the actual upgrade with ng upgrade where you're rewriting a component or a service to angular and then downgrading it to make it available to angular JS is fairly straightforward. I mean, there's a little bit of a learning curve with, especially with forms or, you know, you've got to you make some changes in the way you think about forms and, and things like that. But even, even with moving to things like observables, you at least have the option of using promises or, you know, you don't have to move all at once. So the, the sticking point ends up being the setup, the, you know, getting it working on your build server, all of that. Um, and then once, once that's in place, that's sort of the hardest part is getting to a point where you're, you're working with clean Angular JS code, and you're able to have a, a nice build process. Yep. So, have you seen many teams get all the way through this process to the point where they're not using ng upgrade anymore to run anything, and they're <laughs> running everything with Angular two, four, five, six? So far, I haven't seen many. I've seen some who have gotten all the way through. Um, so far, I. Th- it seems like in my experience, everybody is in that middle step of just gradually. Actually, there are, there are a couple of people I can think of that have gotten all the way through it uh, that I talked to at NG Atlanta. But I would say right now, since we're still sort of in the early days of, of this process being hammered out, people are still in that process of upgrading all of their uh, components and services. Um, but we'll get there. I bet you a year from now, a lot more people will have finished this process. What do you tell people in the meantime? Just stay the course? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to some extent, you gotta, you know. I mean, it really, you're under, you're in control of how long the process takes. You know, it's up to your team and your development cycle to figure out how quickly you can move things. And as we all know, the things that we think are, um, going to take a long time, often take no time and things that mm-hmm. we think are going to take no time, take a long time. So I just had that experience recently where I was trying to move a form over and I thought, Oh, this will be a piece of cake. And it took me way longer than I thought to, to move it. Cause I, I was just running into a lot of the nitty gritty details, but you know, it's, that's on me, you know? <laughs> yep. Are you ready to master angular Oasis digital offers angular bootcamp? a three-day intense workshop class for individuals or teams. They cover Angular 4 and 2 and focus on the skills and knowledge you need for complex, data-rich applications. They also still offer AngularJS for teams supporting older projects. Bring them to your site or send developers to them in St. Louis, San Francisco, New York, D.C., and other cities and online at angularbootcamp.com. So is this process going to get any easier? Because it sounds like they kind of have plans to sunset uh, angular js or at least a lot of the support for it over the next year or so and i don't know i'm worried that as they move toward um not maintaining angular js that they start moving toward 
not worrying so much about the upgrades either. Well, the only thing so far, what I'm seeing is the more people do this, the more little tools come out. Um, people who are writing scripts or automated tools with TypeScript to help alleviate that. I also think that um, the the more people are uh, working on build process, build process shortcuts and things like that. I, I think. I don't think the official support from Google is going to change much. You know, they right. the ng upgrade library is pretty solid, and once Angular JS is at one point seven, it'll go into that LTS support for a few years. Um, but I think the community will keep trying to make it a little bit easier every every time. I mean, through through new open source uh, tools and and resources and things like that. You know. Yeah. I also look at some of this as, let's say it's, let's fast it's forward. John. It's John Papa. First of all, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor to talk to you. <laughs> it's an honor to talk to you. Uh, sorry, I'm late. But I think this is, this is interesting. It's like, think fast forward like two, three years when, you know, supposedly what we got three plus years uh, of Angular JS support, active support. Now it's 2021 in April. And I'm looking at my project thinking, gee, I've got this Angular 1.5 project. Maybe it's not even 1.7. And I want to continue using it. And I want to use ng-upgrade. At that point, though, I'm also looking going, has my project been around for five, six, seven, eight years? And do I really want to keep using up ng-upgrade? Or do I want to, at that point, look at it and go, my app is seven years old. This is really the time to think about a refresh because a seven-year-old app on the web that's a business case to me to go to your leaders and go, yeah, we can continue doing this. And maybe we have to because of financial reasons, but uh, we should really start planning for uh, some kind of a, by 2021, I would say that's the time to think and plan now and say, we need to upgrade this thing to uh, Angular 6, 8, 10, whatever we're at. Don't you <laughs> right. think? Oh yeah. I think that's a great point, John. I, I, I think that we're sort of in this sweet spot right now of, if it of if you start this process now, by the end of the LTS process, hopefully you'll be long converted over, so that maybe this whole ng upgrade process in and of itself will sunset in a few years. Where I think you're right, and in 2021, starting an ng upgrade process might be a bad idea. You know, <laughs> you might have you should probably start it now, or in 2021 you might just start the rewrite yeah a little bit of foresight now like we know there's a little more than three years i think it's like june or july it's when the lts kicks in if right memory recalls yeah uh, we know there's three plus years this is great timing to start planting the seed with your leaders to say hey we're not doing this now i totally get it but let's think about this this is when it expires we need to plan for this down the road uh for whenever the next you know maybe work out with the business leaders and go for the next major app addition that you're going to do or enhancement, let's figure out how we, you know, re-architect this thing. Because guess what? Node will change by then too. And so will the entire web. Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's sort of the approach that I'm taking is um, getting, getting these applications set up with ng-upgrade 
and the build process and all of that. And so that way, the feature development, you know, the new features, we can start in Angular 5, you know, and while we're, you know, when we have time for technical debt, we can gradually move over the, the rest of the Angular JS code to Angular. That's what ng upgrade sort of allows you to do. But meanwhile, the feature development we can do in Angular 5. And that, that seems yeah. to be a good approach right now. I agree with you 100% there. It's, uh, and by no means am I trying to tell people, look, you know, you shouldn't be doing upgrade. I think it's fantastic. We should be doing this. But I like to always look at myself down the road and think of myself from a leadership standpoint. Do I want to be told by my developers, hey, guess what? This thing's being sunsetted in a month. Uh, we need to get off it now when there's no time and there's no money. <laughs> right. You know, having uh, three years of, of somebody dripping on you going, hey, you know, in three years, we're going to need this. Oh, it's two and a half years. We're going to need this. Eventually, that'll sink in, right? And just right. trying to look at it from the other perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, I guess it depends a lot on what uh, what the long term outcome is. You know, whether you start the process now or whether you wait for three years and do a complete rewrite. You know, it depends on your your capacity and your your outlook for those few years. I've been through enough complete yep. rewrites to where if there's if there's another path that allows me to keep working the way that I'm working and slowly make the upgrade, I'm going to pick that. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's been my experience too, but that's just, you know, with, yeah. with my team. Yeah. I think we've had an easier time with doing a, a gradual rewrite, whether rather than having to pitch uh, a, a complete rewrite at any time, because the, the rewrite, man, that's the hardest type of technical debt to sell the business on. It's basically like, Hey, we're going to like totally change this application. Uh, and you won't really see any difference, but I promise it's faster and better. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's tough. I mean, even though we as developers understand that it's going to be so much better and easier to maintain and all of that, it's a tough conversation to have with, with the business. Yeah, yeah there's, there's another group of people too. There's so working at a large enterprise for the last uh, five or six years. The thing I noticed is there are the big apps, the ones that get talked about a lot that have got hundreds of screens or, you know, thousands of components and, you know, they're huge and you really got to write performance and all this. But then there's a couple of those. And then there's like, literally I had dozens and almost hundreds of these tiny apps that literally had like three screens. Mm -hmm. And for those people were asking me, they're like, Hey, you know, should we use NG upgrade or not? I'm like, well, how long did it take you to develop just the UI portions? Forget the APIs, right? Cause those won't change. How long did it take you to build just the angular part? Well, I got, you know, three to four weeks and it was just one developer. Uh, or in some cases, it was a week. Uh, in that case, I'm like, you know, don't ng upgrade, just rewrite it. It's three screens. Yeah. Be done with it. Right. So there's a balance, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Th there, there's definitely a sweet spot for ng upgrade of sort of a moderately complicated app being worked on by a small team, you know, sort of a medium to large application that you can't just rewrite in a couple of weeks, but then, you know, you, you don't have enough people to do this huge distributed rewrite. Yeah. So, so I've got an interesting question for you too. Um, sorry, Charles, mind if I ask real quick? Go ahead. Thanks. So I've got an interesting question for you, Sam. I was at a conference last week and this is not a rare occurrence. I had a gentleman say to me, hey, you know, I just took your Angular workshop that you and Dan Walleen did. 
uh, really enjoyed it, but I can't use any of this because I'm on AngularJS and we have a really large project. Um, you know, do you recommend that we just switch to React or Vue or, you know, what do you, like they go off in this direction of, you know, if I really have to rewrite it, what should I do? And I'll ask them, well, have you thought about using ng upgrade so you could start using the new features of Angular, but still keep your existing app in AngularJS? And it's, here's the, here's the kicker. A lot of them are like, what is that? So I think, I think there's a publicity problem too. Do you see that like only like the people on Twitter and who follow the Angular blog know about this or listen to our podcast or how do you let other people know? How, how do we get the word out? That's yeah, that's great, John. Uh, that's exactly, uh, since I'm sort of have two, I have a foot in the C sharp world and a foot in the angular world. That's a big part of why I made my course and why I'm out talking about it. Like I was on MS dev show recently to because there's a huge part of the net world that is <laughs> using angular js so i mean yeah i think there is a publicity problem because we get that uh for the course my my team and i get asked that a lot you know should we just switch to react and then not even knowing what ng upgrade is and so i think that's a big part of it is getting the word out that ng upgrade exists and that unless you've got a team full of uh react developers there's no way it's going to be easier to rewrite to React. I mean, if that's your team's expertise, then yeah, it will be. But if you're a group of Angular developers who have been doing Angular JS, I mean, ng upgrade is going to bridge that. You're not having to re- relearn a whole new ecosystem. That's not to say that it's a walk in the park, and you know, there's you're not going to have any pitfalls with trying to learn some new concepts. But it's definitely uh, designed to bridge that gap for you. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, John. That's a great point. I think, though, that this question that John asked highlights something for me because, you know, I go to the conferences, I listen to this show and a couple of other shows on Angular or JavaScript or things like that. And so when John said there are some people out there that just haven't ever heard of NG Upgrade, I'm going, well, how? But the, the difference is, is I'm talking to people who know about it, who, you know. So the circle I'm moving in is talking about it, and the, the circles they're moving in aren't because they're not listening to the podcast or going to the conferences or, you know, whatever those steps are that would take them to the place where it's like, hey, you know, you can keep working on things and maintaining the code that you have while you build new features in the new stuff and then eventually upgrade things as you get a chance. Um, so, So how do we get the word out then? I mean, you know, we're doing shows like this, but clearly not everybody is listening to them. They're doing conference talks on them, but clearly not everybody is watching the conference talks, even though they're on YouTube yeah. for free. So, so how do we inform more people and make it clear? Hey, look, there's a real path for this. I think a lot of that comes to people like Sam who are out there in multiple communities. Because like when I go to .NET shows, because that's where my history is from, even though I haven't done a lot of .NET in the last six, seven years, uh, I talk to these folks. And a lot of times, not everybody, but a lot of the people at these .NET conferences even, they'll get to go to one conference a year and they'll choose a .NET related one because that's their core competency. And Angular just happens to be something else that they do. It's not their core, right? They're very good at Angular, but they think that's of themselves right. more as C Sharp or um, ASP.NET developers. And then Angular's, uh, I'm not going to say it's Anthrotal because it's not because they, they deeply uh, skilled at it. But they're not at ngconf. They're not at Angular Connect. They're not following the podcast or the Twitter channels or um, so I think we have to find ways to get people like Sam, uh, you know, who have their feet in multiple uh, pools, 
to say, you know, this is a great thing we got to bring to these other communities um, and do that. And that's why I'm excited that folks like you exist. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the group that I'm really passionate about about helping is because that's sort of there seems to be an ever widening gap between the folks in the know and the folks who are kind of just with their head down, you know, working, uh, you know, who, who don't get the opportunity to watch a lot of conference talks. I'm really lucky that I get, I get to get out there and I kind of lived on that edge of, you know, getting the opportunity to go to NGConf and to talk to people like Rob Warmold and, and learn this stuff. And so I'm trying to, you know, through, different mediums like Reddit or, you know, other, other things like that get out to sort of the, the average person. The only thing I'll add is that another great way to do this is your local meetup. Not that I'm biased as the co-organizer of Angular Portland, <laughs> but local meetups are a really great way to spread the word on this. And um, we're always hurting for good speakers at local meetups. So a great thing you can do is find your local meetup. Most cities have one. If you don't have one, you can start one and get in touch with me and I'll direct you to other people who can help you. And you can find the Angular developers in your city and give a talk on NG Upgrade, you know, or, or your experiences. Because that to me has been uh, a really effective way. There, there are people in our meetup who never go to, I mean, they don't spend their time watching conference talks and, you know, going to going to events and things like that. But, you know, they're looking for immediate, easily accessible information that's helpful to them, to their work, to their daily life. And a local meetup is a really low barrier to entry, low cost. They can just show up and and watch a talk. So I would highly recommend um, getting involved with that. And there's a great um, Maxime who who does... um, I think NG Vikings started NG Community that is a Slack for meetup organizers. So uh, it's easier more than ever to, to get involved with a, with a local meetup. And we would love to see those all over the world. Yeah, That's I a great wanna, point. I've, I've harped on this before. I will say it again. Um, a lot of people say I'm not in a major tech hub and I can't find a meetup. And I almost all of those people that I wind up talking to I'll sit down with them. I'll go on meetup.com and we find one in their area. So go look because, you know, yes, it's not in every area, but you might be surprised at what you can find that's within a 20 minute drive of where you live or work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost wish that there's so many, oh my gosh, there's so many communication channels. You know, there's Slack and there's the Jabber stuff and there's Discourse and all these different places that we can talk, Gitter channels. Uh, on some of these, I always go back to like the Angular IO docs. You know, that's a great place to start to get some information. But when you get stuck, that's like the big problem. Because a lot of people, even these developers who don't get out to conferences as much or follow Twitter, they'll, they'll do a Google search for the most part. And they'll look for something and the docs will come up. But I wonder if there's a next step. Like if there's some way to say, hey, did this doc help you? And if not, you need that extra step. Click here and there's a whole community of people who are willing to help you with this topic. Um, I know like Gitter is pretty popular. I don't personally use it a lot, but I know like there's a Gitter channel for the Angular uh, repo that people talk on. But is there any online community, Sam, that you can recommend where people who are struggling with NG Upgrade can reach out to people like you? Well, the thing that uh, has helped me a lot historically is a group called Angular Buddies. Now, 
it's, it's, it's now by invitation because it's just a volunteer run community that nobody pays for it. So nobody has the money. Nobody has like a, the, the commercial slack, but I wonder if we could somehow get uh, a bigger version of that. Cause a few years ago I got back when angular buddies was open. Um, it was a really wonderful place. That's how I met Rob Warmold. Like, three or four years ago before he was even working for Google. And that, that has proven really helpful. So I don't know if there's a, it it got so big that they had to close it, but stuff like those, those Slack communities are great. Um, I think the more of those we can, we can have, or maybe like a, a regional or more monolithic angular Slack or something that would be, that would be awesome. Cause I I run into that too. Cause I, I don't have someone real close, you know, that I have mentors in the, who are C sharp developers that are, that are uh, more senior than me, but I get stuck on angular things and I have to turn to someone in the, in the virtual community <laughs> instead of like a coworker or something. Yeah. And I feel like stack overflow, I'm not, I'm going to say this and maybe regret it right away, but I feel like stack overflow is not the place for this anymore. No, uh, well, I've kind of soured on using stack overflow for this kind of stuff lately. Well, the, the thing that, so Stack Overflow, if it's something that's easily searchable, so you have an error code or, you know, you have a certain bit of code that you're looking for or how do I blah, 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 that's fine. But if you run into something that really hangs you up, a lot of times that's harder to find on a forum like Stack Overflow. Yeah. And it's much easier to go somewhere where there's a real life person who you can say, Hey, I've got this problem. Here's what's happening to me. And they can immediately, you know, in context, ask, ask you the right questions to get you to the right place. And so, you know, you may just, you may be yep. characterizing it wrong. You might be saying controller instead of component or something like that. And just that. And the worst part about static overflow yeah. is somebody could shame you pretty easily too. Like, you said controller, not component. You know, go get yourself straight before you ask a question. What's wrong with you? And oh, totally. I feel like. Yeah. The shaming on Stack Overflow is so high that it's I don't know it's it's deterring people from using it for other purposes. Like you can downvote questions, right? Yeah. So let's say I go up there and say, "Hey, I'm struggling with this with ng upgrade. I'm not really sure where to go from here." That's not a discreet question, and somebody might downvote the heck out of it and close it. And, you know, but that's useful. It's like, wait a minute. Here's my app. There's a stack with link to it. I've got this problem. Well, can somebody point me in the right direction? Boy, it would be really nice if somebody helped, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's true. There's definitely a, a gap there with, with Stack Overflow and even Reddit where it's hard to get that positive kind of compassionate communication that you can get with a one-on-one mentor or with a, even even in the chat, you know, a chat environment, you can moderate that a little bit better. And while we're talking about Googling, you know, real talk, one of the biggest problems with NG Upgrade that people find is Googling for answers right now because they, the change from Angular 1 to Angular JS and Angular 2 to Angular has caused all kinds of problems with that. And so I think this is now more than ever extremely important that we try to form communities around this because I, I, Googling for answers now when you're working in... Um, both Angular JS and Angular is well nigh impossible, and it's it's become extremely difficult 
to, to find answers. And it's a continual frustration for people because they search for Angular form validation and the, you know, there's stuff from Angular 1.2, there's stuff from Angular 5, there's, and everywhere in between. And it's just yeah. a nightmare. I mean, just be just real talk. Like it's a nightmare, you know. <laughs> so we got to find ways of building communities of of you know kind, helpful people that can. Yeah, I usually sort through I usually exclude anything that's over two years old for that exact yeah. reason. I was yeah. eliminating like Angular JS, but I stopped doing that, and now I like when I do my Google searches. I do anything in the last two years because if it's from 2013 on Angular, no, I don't want to know. True. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good tip. <laughs> I'm, I'm really kind of inspired to see if there's some way to pull the community like this together. Another aspect of the coding meetups that I would also like to foster is something like a, a, a live walkthrough demo workshop, something every month that people... How about can- Twitch? Yeah, Twitch is a good, good thing too. You've been doing maybe, some Twitch. Maybe we can... Uh- inspire sam to start a twitch channel and uh where he where he does ng upgrades once uh once a month what do you think i, I mean right, that's a, you on the spot i mean i've thought about that i i yeah that's a that's a good idea i mean i'll I tell you what if you if you do that i will tweet the heck out of it and i'll even cross promote it on my twitch stream so oh wow okay well then i better do it <laughs> <laughs> if john papa's hey, gonna, gonna help me <laughs> you, yeah everyone's gonna get live help from sam Doing ng upgrades, hey, why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a great idea. I've thought about that myself, I, actually, because of people like you who have been doing Twitch, as well as like Suze Hinton. You, I think you know her because of Microsoft. Um, yep, we work together. Yep, she's she's awesome. She's one of my IoT heroes, and her, she's obviously very well known now for her Twitch streams on on hardware and things like that. So, yeah. <laughs> cool awesome and all kidding aside if you do it great i will help you with that if you don't <laughs> i was half jokingly pushing you there so i don't want to pressure you in any way no no it's it's uh no i i really appreciate it it's something that i've been thinking about doing so now i think i should just do it <laughs> yes sam give in to peer pressure peer pressure <laughs> all right well um before we get to picks i do want to give you a chance to plug your course just because if there's a walkthrough out there, I find that that is really, really helpful. And I also find that if you go and buy a course, at least for me, like I don't mind asking for help. But if I paid for something like a course, then I really don't mind asking for help because I sent the money. So if, if people want to get your help on upgrading or getting started with upgrading, Sam, where do they go to get your course? Yeah, it's, so it's upgradingangularjs.com. And we've got a bunch of stuff for you there. Uh, I've got a course sampler that you don't have to register for or anything, but then a demo that hooks up with GitHub. You can see the whole table of contents, see some of the videos. And then we've got the whole, obviously the whole full-fledged course. And it's over 200 step-by-step videos, sample project, quiz questions. It's really designed to be very engaging and not just one of those things that you kind of put on and leave in the background and forget about and not do anything with. Um, there's also like comment section, a speaker note section. It's, it's, we've really put a ton of work into making it the best NG upgrade process, uh, resource on the planet. Cause it's, I really wanted to build a community around this problem so that 
we can get more and more people talking about this and working through it together. So upgrading angularjs.com and uh, my contact information is on there. And I would love to have everyone to be one of my students and help me make it even better. Nice. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter DevChat in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Well, I'll go ahead and jump in with a pick really quickly. So I've been playing this game on my phone. Um, yeah, phones are so freaking addictive. It's ridiculous. But um, anyway, um, it's called Star Realms, and it's a card game. And so I've been playing a card game on my phone. Go figure. Um, but uh, basically, you build uh, a fleet, or you build a deck. It's a deck-building game. But your deck is your fleet, and then you... Uh, you know, try and uh, take out the life points of your opponent is essentially how it's played. And uh, I've really been enjoying it, really liking it. So I'm going to pick that. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to get too much more creative than that on my picks. Um, John, are you there? Yes, I'm right here. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yay. Do you have some picks for us? I do. Um, big pick is the hackathons that uh, my team is starting to run these free hackathons we're doing at ng conf is the first one we'll do it at and hopefully we'll do it at some other ones down the road uh, so if you see that there's a hackathon called ng ai that's what we're hosting it's for artificial intelligence basically there's a lot of cool ways you can do ai directly from angular uh, uh, using azure which is uh, who i work for at microsoft so pretty cool um, hopefully you can get a lot of people there at ng conf doing it and if you see it at one of the conferences you're going to be at this year, please take a look and give it a shot. It's free. Nice. You going to do one at Microsoft Build? Uh, no, we're not doing a hackathon there for it specifically, uh, but we're uh, we're going to be doing it at a React conference, a Vue conference, and a Node conference, and an Angular conferences this year. So we're going to give it a shot at all the different JavaScript ones. Awesome. Well, hopefully we'll see you at some of the ones that I wind up at then too. Uh, Sam, do you have some picks for us? Yeah, I've got I've got three for you. Um, the first, since we're talking about meetups, one of one of the coolest meetups I've ever been to is here in Portland. It's called Donut JS, and it's kind of a new model for doing meetups. And so, for folks out there who are trying to start a new meetup, I want to link to that because basically what they do is they they charge a small ticket fee, but they they have sponsors for the meetup that then. The, any 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 sort of cost of the ticket gets donated to a nonprofit. It's really, really cool. And that ticket price, what that does is sort of ensure attendance. So the meetup is set up with three to four lightning talks, 
one, one or two will be a passion talk. One or two might be a creative talk and then some deep technical talks. And so every meetup is really fun, very exciting. Money goes to nonprofits, very welcoming. It's the most diverse meetup I've ever been to. Uh, it's sort of my, my, my uh, pinnacle for what I want to make Angular Portland someday uh, if I can get there. So definitely check out Donut.js as an example of a really, really cool new meetup structure. And uh, it'll get, you, get, get some money donated to nonprofits as well. Uh, the other pick I had was Glitch. I hear a ton about Glitch in the in the non-Angular world, but I never hear anybody at, uh, in the Angular world talk about Glitch. And it's so cool. It's like an online app builder that there's art. And I mean, it's so crazy. You just have to check it out for yourself. It's so much fun. Uh, and then lastly, I'm also a writer. And I've been reading this book lately called Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott that has been really interesting. It's her book on writing and how to write better. And um, I know a lot of a lot of people out there uh, in the tech world are also writers, either through technical blogging or, or otherwise. And so I just wanted to make that recommendation, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Nice. Yeah, we did an episode on Glitch on JavaScript Jabber. So if oh, you nice. Know yeah. about it, they can check that out. Um, I, I can't remember what they called it before. They've changed the name on it like three or four times, but... Oh yeah, it was. It's by Fog Creek. I don't know if they what yeah. it was before, but yeah, I'll I'll find the episode and see if we can get it on there because I don't even remember if it was called Glitch when we talked to him about it. <laughs> How awesome is that? But uh, anyway, um, yeah. Well, uh, Sam, if people want to see what you're working on these days, uh, is there a place they can follow you? Blog, Twitter, GitHub. Yeah, um, my I'm I'm just Sam Juline everywhere. So at Sam Juline on Twitter, uh, I've also got a, a, a Twitter account and a Medium account for the course. That's just at Upgrading AJS. Uh, I'm also doing some guest writing for Scotch.io, and that's also just at Sam Juline. So we'll have those links in there. Um, yeah, follow me, say hi to me. I'll also be at NGConf, and I'll also be I think this is public now. I'll be speaking at Angular Mix in Orlando. Now that John's, <laughs> but uh, so you can f- find me at both of those and come say hi. Awesome. You may want to spell Juline because I know I would never guess how to spell it. With oh yeah, it's uh, it's this weird uh, immigration last name. It's J U L I E N, uh, but it's pronounced Juline. Like don't Juline on the table. I don't know. My dad always said that growing up, and he's such a dad. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Someday you'll have kids and you'll... I know. I'll be saying that same thing. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I, I have so turned into my dad. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming, Sam. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Chuck. It was really fun. It's such an honor. Yeah. We'll see you in a couple weeks at uh, NGCon. Yeah. I'll see you there. All right. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.